0: Happy Fourth of July. It's an honor and a privilege to be here today to spend a little time in the Word. Um, my wife and I have been fellowshipping at uh, New Life in Philly, Presbyterian, and uh, still active members there. Honored to be a part of this service in a small way today. Um i uh take great privilege in just giving some encouragement today um, on the call of god in in each of our lives um, that uh, i'd say very clearly the Lord has shown my wife and I over the years uh, what that means and and what that on unnecessarily might not mean. Um, so I'm just going to read uh, 1 Corinthians seven twenty two again. For the one who was a slave when called to faith in the Lord is the Lord's free person. Similarly, the one who was free when called is Christ's slave. When, when you and I were called, um, we were slaves. We were slaves to sin. The uh, anchor in this uh, verse, one of the anchors would be calling, the Lord's calling on your life and my life. Uh, The uh, situation we were in as slaves to sin was hopeless um, from a worldly perspective. Um, If you looked then when he called you to faith, in the Lord, um, where were you? If you could think of that very important moment in your life, where where were you when when the Lord called you? Um, where you in sin? Yes. Was I in sin? Yes. Was our world view based on the, the wisdom of men and the the spirit of the air? Of the world, the flesh, and the devil? Yes. When the Lord called us, He called us to faith, and there was a paradigm shift in my heart, and if you were truly called, a paradigm shift in your heart, the, the center of gravity shifted to God's plan in your life, your identity in Christ, your position in Christ, and your relationship to the church today and the past, present, and future, and your identity as a Christian in the Word of God, reading the Word of God, identifying with what Christ has done for you and me, identifying in who he is and now who you are, having a total transformation of your identity. Your identity now is bound in Christ. It says, uh, well, John Calvin said, the knowledge of God is Carl to the knowledge of self. So we really didn't know anything about God until we really started to understand who we were. We understood that we're sinners. We're bound in sin and the devil and the world. And now we are free in Christ, called to faith in the Lord. So we have a new identity, a child of God, an heir of the king. An identity not only in relation to God, but an identity in this calling that he's given to us. I think we're caught up even today on July 4th, 2021 in the same way maybe some of the religious re- leaders of Jesus' day uh, were caught up. If you recall the uh, the story of the couple caught in adultery, um, only the uh, the woman was brought in the presence of Jesus. So God's favor was extended to to her in a state of sin where the man thought he got off and was not guilty. The the woman was actually the one that was extended grace and had an audience with, with the Lord. If you recall the story um, the, the religious leaders of the day wanted to stone um, this woman caught in adultery, but not the man who was caught in adultery. Um, if you also recall the story, they were, they were looking to uh, trick Jesus into a way that they could trap him. If, uh, if you look at when Jesus stooped down and started writing in the sand, nobody really knows what he wrote, but people that were accusing the uh, woman caught in adultery started to leave. And Jesus said to her, woman, where are your accusers? And she said, there is none here. She had an audience alone with, the Jesus, with Jesus at that moment. At that moment, the Lord said, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. What, what does this look like as far as calling for this woman called, caught in adultery? Well, she she was given a sense of calling at that moment, go and sin no more. That seems kind of trivial, maybe, when we have this modern-day idea of calling with sophisticated education and uh, technology and um, ordination and all the things that um, have to take place before someone crystallizes and works out their calling. Uh but if you were to place on a scale, uh, this woman caught in adultery. And let's say, let's just give an example of John Calvin's calling. Um, if you were to, to say on the surface that, well, John, John Calvin really had a calling. You know, this, this woman in adultery caught in adultery, which the man wasn't part of the, uh, the equation in this story. Uh, did she really have a calling? Well, if, if you really think about it, did John Calvin have a private audience with the Lord Jesus Christ? I mean, it's through his word, yes, and John Calvin was used mightily, but it's not to minimize the, the calling that, that the woman caught in adultery had. <laughs> I mean, if, if you gave me the choice, well, then um, you can have a one-on-one with Jesus today or you can exhaust the the libraries and the scriptures and the Old and the New Testament and have the knowledge and grasp of, of theology and covenant theology and Reformed theology that John Calvin had. I I'd rather be the woman caught in adultery, <laughs> sit with Jesus. Um, so I think that this the Lord takes a tremendous burden off of our shoulders with this whole idea of calling as a Christian today we have many many different worldviews today and different ideas that um, are very much different than in the time uh, when the woman uh, in this story uh, in the bible was was written um, so let's let's just simplify it. where were where were you when you were called to faith I'll, I'll put it to you this way um where were you when j f k was shot you remember that right i remember you don't remember rod you were three I'm a little older well you were one okay but that's a that's a pretty big thing sixty three I was three years old I was sitting in a barber chair. My uh my dad's best friend, uh, getting my hair cut. I do remember uh a, a coffin with a flag on it and a uh a, a horse drawn thing and I remember, you know, seeing little little Kennedy saluting his dad. I remember that. Um so where were you in nine eleven? Okay. we all have we all have vivid memories of traumatic things for some reason. Um, how about wonderful things? Uh, where were you? Do you remember the day and where you were, of course, when you got married? Right? It was a very happy time, um, November 29th, 1986. I married my beautiful bride, Kathy, and her father married us, and I have his blessing and approval. So I had a, it's like a win win, you know. Um, do you remember when your first child was born? It's just breathtaking. Um, the the calling in your and my life is is just as beautiful and just and if if not in, in internally speaking even more important than all these things because the calling defines your and my purpose that the Lord has placed us on this earth. Um, while we're here on earth before we're in heaven to work out that calling and what that purpose is for for you and for me Um, it's kind of simple if you look at where the Lord says the first will be last and the last will be first well who wins the race Well, it's kind of like a dead heat it's a tie Well, the same kind of thing here in 1 Corinthians 7.22. The one who was a slave is called to faith in the Lord is to be the Lord's free person. If if you remember that moment when you were called and you were a slave, then continue to be a slave to the Lord. Um, And if you were free when you were called, then you're Christ's slave. Um, Slavery and freedom looking at it from an economic perspective could mean that um, I'm a slave so I have no uh, resources, financial resources to call my own. So the Lord's taken the burden off of my shoulders um, to the financial responsibility as a steward and as a Christian uh, and, and I'm free to worship and serve the Lord and the the state that he's placed me in. In the same way, uh, if if I was called, let's just say from an economic perspective, a free person where I have a lot of wealth, resources financially, then I'm Christ's slave. And then I'm then called to be a slave to Christ as a steward of those resources for his kingdom and work. And uh, we look at the resources that he's given us at that moment to, not be ours, but the Lord's. We know that really God's not impressed with resources. He doesn't need uh, financial resources. You look at the uh, the widow's mite. Uh, it was more a heart issue, and she's she was a very good steward of uh, the resources that the Lord gave her. Um. So <clears throat> today the lord's calling us to that same faith that that we had in the lord and and what does that look like for you and me i've had I've had to learn and I'm still learning and and all of us will still needing to be learning this as far as a call in our life um, the very very hard way of of what really this calling means and um and what it doesn't mean um It could mean, let's say in my case, we were missionaries with Transworld Radio in Colombo broadcasting the gospel into India and Central Asia. And um, it takes some little red ants in our daughter's car seat and a a bad car accident to to bring us stateside. And I fought tooth and nail all the way, um, coming back and just with the Lord and thinking we were going to go back and the Lord closed the door. Is, was that part of God's call in our life that He spared my wife and children? Kathy was pregnant with Tessa to bring us here, and Rachel was spared because there were little red ants in the car seat. Does it does it mean um, He used those little red ants and He used our car wreck in a way to to not just close the door, but to slam the door and quote unquote what we thought was was our calling? Now it's not to negate you know, because the, the, the Bible does call us to remember each of us here can look back at our our own ministries and things that we were involved in. I've talked to each of you privately and, and collectively, and I know um, there's a history of, of ministry service that you all have and that I have. There's nothing wrong with remembering that. There's nothing wrong with reflecting on people that have been in your past ministry and calling and have encouraged you. Uh, it might It might help to just Remember, some of the encouragement that maybe you were given that you might have forgotten of your gifts and and, and um, how God was using you then, or maybe it was just an opportunity to witness to somebody, maybe out in the street, or witness to somebody um, in your church, or or to encourage this uh, um, maybe very well-known pastor um, that. Has some blind sides and weaknesses that nobody even really knows about, but that you were right there uh, for that person to encourage them and maybe even help that person continue in the ministry and was maybe very discouraged and was ready to give up. So you indirectly were used to reach and touch thousands, tens of thousands, maybe millions of people's lives just by you being there unseen. Nobody knows. That was a calling. God used you at that time. Um, here's a big one: um, ordination. This whole idea of of, of pursuing a, a uh, master of divinity, studying Greek, Hebrew, um, Aramaic, apologetics, systematics, church history, and all, all the the education that's needed. Uh, the practical theology of um, and yet confusing that by placing all your eggs in the basket of of an elder or a, a session or a presbytery calling you to preach to be a pastor and 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 then your my full identity at that point is it's it's solely on this session, this Presbytery's calling, and it's totally ignoring people that God's placed in your life and the gifts that they've given you, saying, hey, you know, God's called deacons. God's called you with these gifts and foolishly ignoring all this and saying, I just need to study harder. We need to get more loans. We need to... Um, forgo dinners together as a family and I need to be sharper, quicker, faster, smarter to fulfill this calling. That is not correct. And I repent of that. Um, so today's call on your life and my life is is the same calling to faith. In the Lord that He had on my life and your life on that day that you recall and remember. Um, John MacArthur, on his commentary on this uh, verse, Second Corinthians or First Corinthians seven twenty-two. Uh, the Lord's free man in the ways that truly count, no man is freer than a Christian. No bondage is as terrible as that of sin from which Christ frees the believer. Christ's slave, those who are not slaves but free in the social sense are in the spiritual sense made slaves of Christ in salvation, Romans 6, 22. In our um, Psalter reading this morning, or this afternoon, O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of thine handmaid. That has loosened my bonds. Initially the temptation is to just focus on the handmaid. Like who is this handmaid? Um, Kathy and I before we came over here I just mentioned to her I said hey who is David's mother? Right, King David and and she got off on this bunny trail of all the writings that are on David's mother and and then we both said, well, <laughs> we're going we're, we're, we're to just kind of concentrate on the practical theology of, of this, these verses this morning. If, if somebody's inclined to want to do their doctoral thesis on the implications of David's mother and his calling, things like that, not just Jesse, but his mother, she must have had some kind of an influence in his life, I would think, uh, you can go ahead and do that. <laughs> anyway... That's kind of huge over there. So we're just going to put that on the side. Anyway, she was. we can say that she was a very important person. And she had a lot of influence. And in, let's say the king's sphere of influence. And maybe again, was a confidant to the king. And uh, maybe even behind the scenes, many like uh, the presidents of our country, Um, I don't even know, maybe Martha Washington might have had a lot of influence with George in the day, Um, call a lot of the shots uh, maybe at the end of the day where there's this sanctified common sense thing. That's kind of like what my dad had. My dad uh, was a high school, he he only had a formal education in high school, Uh, but he had an incredible amount of common sense, street sense, uh, common sense that just transcended the... uh, the whole thing of uh, book knowledge and the the people that he led in, in his office with Sony uh, was demonstrated throughout his life, and then at his funeral, the salespeople that were there um, just remembrance of of how how much of an impact he made on their life, and that that's uh, kind of important to just think about your calling that may. Uh, impact people indirectly in very positive ways for the kingdom of God and his purpose. But again, you're not going to be in the limelight. You're not going to be even given the the outward awards or recognition for, for that calling. Uh, but at the end, you hear the Lord in that one-on-one private dialogue. Good, good job, my faithful and trusting servant. That's really all that matters. The king of the universe who shed his blood for you and me. He set us free from the bondage of sin and Satan and the world and the flesh. Where all of creation, past, present, future, seen and unseen, spins around the king. And the king has entered your heart. He's entered my heart. So his kingdom is growing. Eventually, the kingdom is going to be established on the earth. The second coming of the Lord is going to be coming out of the clouds. He's going to establish his kingdom, and this kingdom will function. The kingdom can't function until there's a king. When you have a righteous king, you have a kingdom that functions properly, the way it was intended before the fall of man in Genesis. All things are going to be renewed. All things are going to be restored, and the king is going to sit on his throne. The Lamb of God, who was slain before the foundation of the earth, is going to take his seat. And every knee shall bow and every tongue confess to the glory of God the Father that Jesus is Lord. There's much more that I could say to this. I just want to encourage you all this morning and those that are out there radio land um, to just sit back and ask yourself this question are you are you burdened by this this sense of calling that you really can't flesh out on your own and, and you're struggling with what god's calling is on your life and and god you know you you did what appeared to be the the spiritual thing and the biblical thing and bam god shuts the door and you go and try this thing, and bam, God shuts the door. Well, remember the Apostle Paul he had a lot of doors shut um in, in his ministry um, Remember where were you when you were called? Were you a slave? Then continue as a slave you know this is this is one of the things I want to comment on it, and I hear even I hear in the pulpit um is this whole idea of, of making God giving us a lot of money so that we could serve him, you know, with that money. And and I think that that is an incredibly short-sighted idea of God's calling. Um, if, if you really truly believe that you and I are stewards, if <laughs> you look at that checkbook at the end of the month, you know, That's what we are stewards over as far as finances. And God is not impressed with that being a hundred or a thousand times more than that. It's that this is the amount of money in my checkbook. I know that my wife and I are stewards. I know that we're accountable to our home church and Kathy and I'll sit and say, okay, well we've got this ministry here. We got, you know, how about these missionaries over here? Um, Well, we've, We've been praying and supporting these missionaries over there. Um, how about this organization? Now I'm going to kind of get a little bit on the thin, the, the thin ice here, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, there are certain organizations that, let's say, are supporting um, people that are in persecuted countries um, for, their, for their faith and, and they're aliens and they're coming to, to America, uh, fleeing religious persecution and possibly jail and death. And there's a lot of people in that category. And that you still have this organization also supporting things that you might not agree with as far as like what we read in, in, in the Bible, maybe in Romans chapter 1. Um, now, if we look at the woman caught in adultery, again, and compare her to John Calvin. Who was the one that had the audience with the Lord? Was the quote unquote? It was the couple caught in adultery. The the man got off the hook supposedly, but he actually lost out hugely. All the benefits and even the identity of calling were never even on the radar. For her, every accuser of her—by the way, it wasn't even about her. It was really trying. They could care less about her. They wanted to stone her. It was really about them trying to trip up Jesus. He was the guy on the radar. He was he was the as, as you would say the big Kahuna, right? That they really had their their the target on his back, and and guess what? She received the blessing. She she received the blessing, not the guy that thinks he got the blessing. Uh, the guy that got the blessing supposedly, supposedly might have been one of the people in the crowd where Jesus wrote. The name on the sand, and uh, I don't want Jesus writing my name in the sand. Do you? Whoa, that's a whole nother perspective. <clears throat> just to end this, I'll, I'll uh, give you give you a simple illustration. Um, I was just out in um, Medford, Oregon, and um, I'm asking people you know, what are some pretty cool things to see, you know. Oh, they said, well, the sequoias in southwestern Oregon, and they, they're they kind of attached to the sequoias, the cedars, the big cedars up in northern California. And I thought, well, I saw the big cedars already. I was at uh, Merwoods, and I went I went through uh, Big Sur and, and all that, all the way down the Pacific coast. Then there were some other suggestions. You know, there's this... This historic place here. You got the Ar- the Argan Trail and all these other cool places. And somebody said, "Well, do you ever, do you ever see a volcano um, that that's filled in with water?" And I said, "I didn't even know there was such a thing." And they said, "Yeah, you go up to Crater Lake, and uh, you'll see a, a site of your lifetime." And I thought, "Well, all these other things were kind of like provincial. You had like local historical things and local." Important places to visit, and then you had like kind of like state, you know, the state of California, state of Oregon, kind of things. Then you had kind of like country things, like the United States, things to see in the country, and then you've got global things. I mean, a crater filled with water, the size of a lake, eighteen thousand feet up in the air, is is a global thing to see. So it was like. No question for me, that's where I'm going, right? So I filled the tank up. I took a tank of gas to get up there. I'm 18,000 feet up, totally lost, all internet. And I looked at the scale of this thing, and, you know, Google Maps was gone. Um, and it was enormous, and it was magnificent, and it was beautiful. And the all of God, general revelation, was, was before my eyes. And I thought, wow. And then you just get a, a sense of how how great God's hand is in creation and how insignificantly small physically you are, but yet how important we are in God's mm-hmm. creation. So I, I texted my wife kind of like when I had a, a little bit of a signal and I said, I'm going to hang out here. I'm going to drive around this thing. It took two to three hours to drive around this volcano that was filled with water. And it was the clearest water in the world in this lake. It's called, um, uh, 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 I just forgot it, (laughs) Crater Lake. Thank you, National Park in Oregon. Okay, And it's one of the deepest lakes in the country. It goes down 2,000 feet. But one of the things that really tipped me uh, to stay later was that it's also the darkest night sky in the United States. And you can look up and see straight into the Milky Way. And I went, wow, and I did. I stayed up until midnight, and I had my little app, and I'm looking at all the constellations and everything, and I had a clear view right into the Milky Way, and I thought I saw the stars at night in Montana. There's nothing comparing what I saw in Montana compared to what I saw out in Oregon. So I'm putting a plug in for Oregon. Maybe you can go take your family out there. It's worth, absolutely worth the trip. Um, but there are a lot of places like this around the world um, <clears throat> I never even knew about. So, um, the largest one is in Indonesia. The thing is like 60 miles long and it's 30 miles wide. It's like mind-blowing. So, I want to encourage you today. Don't take yourself so seriously. God's got a plan. Um, Just like the, uh, the trip to... The Crater Lake was much, much more important than in my view, not that the other things aren't important as well, but it was kind of like a once in a lifetime thing. Your your calling is is, is way up there. And and it, it's it's really indestructible. It's 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 in the it's it's on the category of, of election, the category of 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 God's plan using you and me for his kingdom but it's not a formula of some ordination not that ordination's not important but it's got to be under the rubric of God's calling it can't be a, devoid of of God's calling and you have people in the pulpit that are absolutely lost i mean i can't think of anything worse than that if you don't have that fire you don't have that drive you don't have that calling of God in your life where you've experienced the power of the Word of God and the Spirit, when you open the Word of God and the Spirit talks to you, He directs you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Seek ye first His calling in your life and all these things will be added unto you. One thing that I did really have very, very clear in my life is before I chose a life partner and she chose me, Jesus had to be in the driver's seat. Once Jesus was there, the Lord brought Kathy into my life. It wasn't the other way around. It wasn't like Kathy came into my life and uh, she was an unbeliever and I had to try and convert her. It doesn't work that way. No. Or she tried to convert me. No. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Seek ye first God's calling in your life and all these other things will be added unto you my wife is is literally my better half I mean, as far as calling as far as uh not really my conscience, but sometimes um would would calling be a would would the honeydew list be included in the calling that we have? is that fair to say <laughs> maybe <laughs> you know. It doesn't have to be standing up here. You know, maybe that honeydew list has been honeydew for a real long time and some of those things should really be getting done. That's a calling, right? Just something to think about for all us men. So I'm just going to bow in a word of prayer and and just give the rest of the service to the Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this time. Thank you for this church. Thank you for your calling on each Christian's life. It's it's indestructible. Thank you for the blood of Christ the Son of God who set us free from slavery and sin. Thank you that we call upon you, Lord, ultimately because you first called us. We just give this day to you. Thank you for this country. Thank you for the leadership. We pray for revival here. Start in our hearts. Just have mercy on us. We have so many blessings, not only in our personal lives, but in this country. We don't take anything for granted, your blessings that you've given us here and in our country, and we ask for your hand and direction in everything. In Jesus' name, amen.